God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. As usual, why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to spend with you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I know that only you know the needs, only you know the desires, only you know the issues of life for every single listener that would be out there today, O Lord. So I pray in the name of Jesus, speak to them in your own special way. We praise you, Heavenly Father, we magnify thy name. I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God, praise God. Again, I say welcome to Genesis 1. Glad you could join us here. Why don't we pause for a moment here and run and get your Bible if you don't already have it and uh, maybe also a, a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen so you can take some notes because it's so important for us to actually read and see and highlight in our Bibles the things that the uh, the Word of God has to say to us for, uh, for future reference. And we need that today especially because there is a... Uh, there's so much going on in all of our lives, so much going on in, in the world. Uh, we're being pulled in so many different directions. You know, we've got family matters, we've got the job, we've got the, uh, the stupid COVID-19 and, and all sorts of other things that's out there brewing. And it's easy for us to get pulled astray. It's easy to us to kind of kind of lose focus on the Lord and kind of lose focus on, on, on our walk with God and to be uh, just kind of pulled away where our relationship winds up becoming stale with God. And yes, that is possible. But even us born-again strong Christians, if we've been in the Lord for 50 years, it's, it's possible that we can become, things can become stale in our relationship and we wind up drifting, drifting away from God. Amen. Amen. But this is nothing new. You know, this is nothing new. It's uh, it's been going on from the beginning of uh, from ancient days in the Bible, and we can find you know all of the issues of life that we have today were spoken about in the Word of God ages ago. Okay, and, and it's, it's been documented for us, Old Testament, New Testament. You know, so the things of life, the issues of issues of life that we go through today is nothing new. It's been there. That's why God documented them by way of His Holy Spirit through men to pen these uh, to pen things down for us to read in these days that would be like you know approximately 2,000 uh, years from Jesus Christ anyway uh, later on these things still apply to us you know so it's always important for us to go to the word so as far as us drifting away in relationships kind of becoming dull with God or, or stale with God you know this doesn't doesn't just happen with us in this day and age so let's go to the word of God and let's go to the book of Luke want to go to Luke, uh, Luke chapter 15, praise the living God, Luke chapter 15, oh praise God, I want to go to Luke chapter 15, and we want to start with verse number 11, Luke 15, chapter 15, verse number 11, and he said, a certain young man, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. Okay, so in a way it was kind of like his, his allowance, uh, his inheritance, if you will, even though the man hadn't died yet. But it was his portion of, of money, quote unquote, if you will, that belonged to him. And verse number 13 says, And not many days after the younger son gathered 
altogether and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Okay, now, that can even happen to us in this day and age. You know, God blesses us, gives us things in, form, in the form of a job, you know. Maybe he blesses us with a large sum of money, you know, through some other circumstances. And the blessing that we receive from God, many times if we're not careful, we can go and we can squander the blessing that God gave us. And those blessings can not only be in monetary form, but they can be in other, other blessings that God has given us, you know, that we don't that we don't think about how we're using it and we just just wind up you know spending it you know wantonly uh, just throwing it away if you will but that's what this this young man did here okay and he wasted his substance with riotous living and when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed uh, to feed swine see how lowly he's fallen now and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Okay, so here, someone now who was well off, well to do, father gave him his share of his, uh, of his inheritance or of his uh, family monies, if you will, and he just squandered it. Now he's in a point here where he's, even, he's, 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 he's living so lowly that he would welcome eating the same husks that the swine, swine were eating. This can happen to us, too, if we're not careful. As I said, we can squander the gifts and the things that God has given us if we're not careful so that we wind up in a place where we are, are greatly, greatly wanting for something. And when he came to himself, verse 17, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Okay. You see, so here he repented. He said, Jesus, I wish I hadn't done what I did, did in terms of wasting my inheritance. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go to dad. I'm going to say, dad, I really failed you. I blew it. You know, I just messed up and I just turned away from you. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go back home. Okay. All right. And, and this is where if any of us are in that particular position, if for whatever reason you feel like you've, you've drifted away from God or you haven't been doing your best from, you know, your best towards God, because, you know, if you're a born again believer and you're a child, of God, Holy Spirit has been ministering to you as you've tripped and maybe stumbled and have gone, uh, gotten a little lukewarm in your relationship to God. Holy Spirit's been wooing you and telling you to come back. Don't hesitate, okay? Don't hesitate. You go back to the Lord. You come on back home, as this young man here realized, okay? He said, I'm going to go back to my father. And it says there, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His father welcomed him back. The same way God will welcome you back if you strayed away. Okay. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, for this, my son was dead and is alive again. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. 
okay? So the father, to his surprise, welcomed him back and prepared a big celebration for him, okay? Same, the same thing is with God, you know? If you felt that you, you've kind of drifted away, and I'm not saying that you've turned your back totally on the Lord, but maybe your relationship is just, you know, kind of stale with him because you're just so preoccupied with the many things that are going on in your life where you, you haven't had time to spend time with the Lord in worship and, and in, in, in prayer, you know, and in reading your Bible, you know? And if you feel like, don't let the devil heap heap um, a, a, a condemnation on you by thinking that God has given up on you because he hasn't. He's waiting for you to come back to him, okay? All right? And I don't care how distant you feel you may have gotten from God. God is there waiting for you. I just want to make that clear, that you know that he is there waiting to welcome you back the same way this father welcomed his son back. And he prepared a, uh, he prepared a, a, a feast for him. In other words, he was celebrating the fact that he was returned, okay? Now, we see this mentioned uh, also again in Scripture. If we go to Matthew chapter 18, if we go to chapter 18 of Matthew, Matthew uh, 18, and we want to go to verse number 11, okay, Matthew 18, verse number 11, for the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and goes into the mountains and seeks that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoices more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which went not astray. Than of the ninety-nine which went not astray. Okay? So it's saying here that if, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and if only one of them goes astray, if one of them goes off into the mountain and gets lost, if one of them goes astray, that shepherd is just as interested in that in that one as that 99. It's important to him that he gets that one back. Well, this is how God the Father feels about us, okay? If one of us, for whatever reasons, we kind of drift astray for a bit there, we kind of just run off and kind of get lost, kind of get lost because there's just so much going on around us. And it's easy to do so. It's easy for us to get lost in this day and age because, again, we're being pulled off from so many different directions. We're, we're, we're so busy with so many things going on. It's, it, 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 it is very, very possible for us to kind of drift away. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. It can happen from time to time. Well, God will celebrate over you because he wants you to come back. You are just as important as everyone else that's out there. So don't feel that because maybe you've drifted away that God has just kind of given up on you, that he's, he's washed his hands on you. You see? Okay. You see, and, and, and then there are, there are some of us too that, that we're, where we've been, we've been, been hanging in there. Okay, we've been, been been trying to hang in there with with the Lord, but but we've been kind of going through the motions, you know. You know, we, we have not been getting into to meaningful prayer time and a meaningful developing a meaningful relationship with God. We haven't been able to really get into worshiping Him because of all the things that's kind of going on, and so therefore we wind up going through the motions. You know, we wind up doing the things that well a good Christian would do. You know, we wind up doing all of those things, but yet so deep down in here something is missing because we've just kind of drifted away we've kind of gone astray okay and the word of god has, of course has some things to do to say about that too about us simply going through the motions you know i'm a child of god i'm a christian you know so we, we go and we do the minimum amount of things that we should be doing well the word of god speaks very clearly on that why don't we go to our, uh, isaiah chapter one praise the living god isaiah chapter one and we want to go to verse number 10 
Isaiah 1, verse number 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law, the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? To what purpose? To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I, ca I, uh, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your uh, appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. The Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing, if you be willing, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Okay? So he's saying to them, basically, to make it really a short version of it, he's saying that you give me all of these, uh, all of these sacrifices, you're making all these oblations, you're doing all this, you're doing all that, but the things that you should be doing, you're not doing. So therefore, I'm tired of it. I'm not going to honor it. Okay, but if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Okay, so we can wind up going through the motions. We can go through all of the motions, but if there's not sincerity there, and if we're not really doing what God is calling us to do, then the motions that we're going through are not honored by God. They're not seen by God. Okay, and this is where we can slip to, even as modern day Christians, if we're not careful. Okay, now, now we, we don't do sacrifices anymore. Jesus Christ was the last sacrifice, so therefore we don't, don't have to do any more sacrifices. But if we're just going through the motions with the things that we wind up doing okay we see also if we go to if you go to the book of Hosea go to the book of Hosea chapter 6 Hosea chapter 6 and verse number 6 he says here for I desired mercy and not sacrifice for I desired mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Okay, I desired I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Okay, so God wants to wants to see see you you uh, are sticking to His word, obeying His commandments, and so, so forth, and and to have some knowledge of Him, come to know Him. He prefers that over over any kind of offerings that we can give. Okay, all right, you know, just because you're tithing to the church and you're giving offerings to the church and you're doing other peripheral things, you know, you know, it, it, those are things where we are still going through the motions. It's what is in here. If we're not honoring God and if we're not truly worshiping, worshiping him, you know. So some of the things we should be considered is, is as far as worship is concerned, how would you define worship? Okay, in your mind, how would you define worship? In what ways do you go through the motions of worship? All right. Are there elements in the worship that you do in church, that you participate in church, that you don't even fully understand? Are you just going through the motions? You see people raising hands and you, maybe you're singing songs and so forth, you know, you know, but do you, and the pastor is going through certain things, you know, but if there's some things that are even ritualistic uh, uh, in your ministry or in your church, do you even understand why you're doing them or are you simply going through the motions because everybody else is doing the same thing? Okay, all right. What does, what does God desire most in our worship? towards him. Okay. What does God desire most? How does a relationship with Jesus Christ affect our worship? 
Okay, these are the things that I want to touch on today because it, it, it's so important. You know, like I said, the you know, Holy Spirit gives me these messages and it's for a reason. It's because some of us out there need to hear, need to hear the fact that we need to really kind of open our eyes and make sure that we are not just going through the motions in us worshiping God. Okay, the times before us are critical. The times to come are critical as long as Jesus continues to tarry. Amen. Amen. So we need to make sure that we're walking in the steps that God wants us to follow, that we're doing what his word requires us to do and calls us to do. Okay. So again, I say to you, what is worship? What is worship? Worship is more than just going through the motions. As I said before, we can show up at church each week. All right. We can say all the right things. We can sing all the right songs. We can we can wear all of the right clothes. We can walk in the door and say, good morning, sister so-and-so. Good morning, brother so-and-so. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed. Oh, it is so wonderful to see you. And all of those, those, all of those what I call church words that just, you know, fall off your tongue so easily. But are you going through the motions? Okay. Okay. We can do all of those things and still are we going through the motions? Okay. But it is not worship if Jesus does not live and dwell in our hearts okay say all the right things sing all the right songs okay but if jesus is not living in your heart then we're missing the boat okay in other words it is not about action it's about being right in our hearts okay worshiping is not about our actions it's not about what people see us doing all right, we're gathered in assembly and we're singing, singing the loudest. We've got our hands up and we're praising God. Okay, but we're going through the motions if your heart is not in the right place concerning Jesus. This is why David writes in the Psalms, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You can find that in Psalm 51, uh, verses 10 to 12. Okay, I'll repeat that. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's in Psalms. This is what David said. So we want to have a right spirit in us. We want to have a clean heart in us to make sure that we're doing what God is calling us to do and that we're not simply going through the motions, okay? Going through the motions just doesn't cut it, okay? It is our prayer that our worship would be more than this simply ritualistic expression with empty meaning, okay? With empty meaning, that, 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 you know, but, but that our worship you know, should come from the heart, Okay, we can't just be going through empty, meaningless actions within church or wherever you are for that matter. Okay, it's because it's not coming from the heart. The truest expressions of worship, let me repeat this now, the truest expressions of worship often do not take place within the church building. Okay, All right? I repeat that again. The truest expressions of worship often do not take place in the church building. Okay, if we're simply going to the Moses because faithfully, Faithfully, we've been going to church every single Sunday. Maybe if they've got two services, you know, two services a uh, Sunday. If there's a midweek service, you know, and midweek, you know, you're going to all of those things, you know. And, and that if that's the only place where you're looking to worship God, then you're, you're missing the mark. Because the truest forms of worship are often not within the church building. Jesus said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen? Amen? Now, when Jesus originally spoke those words, he was speaking to a Samaritan woman. And we're going to read those words. Let's go to John, uh, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John 4, and we want to start with verse number 5. John 4, verse number 5. 
Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and was about, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw in water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samarians. All right? Now there's been a rift for between the Jews and the Samaritans, you know, for, for generations there. Uh, the Samaritans are from the northern part of Israel there, and, and uh, they become a mixed lot, you know, of, uh, of uh, Israelites plus some of the pagans that that lived Gentiles that lived in the area, you know, and the uh, and the uh, Jews were from the southern part there. So there was this rift between the, the Samaritans for, for for generations, you know. The, the yeah, parable of the Good Samaritan and so forth, all right? But, but, Benny, so he, she's saying, you know, you being a Jew, why are you asking, why are you even talking to me? I'm a Samaritan, basically, is what she's saying. You know, you, you usually don't talk to us because you hate us and vice versa, you know? Why are you even speaking to me, okay? So then Jesus says in verse number 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would ask of him, Thou would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. He's talking about himself, of course. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Okay, Jesus said, you'd ask me, and I'd give you living water. She said, well, you don't have anything to draw water with, so how is that possible? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof? Art, art, thou, art thou greatest... Um, I'm sorry. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Okay? This is water, plain old water. You'll be thirsty again. But, verse 14, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, okay, shall never thirst. So there's a difference between the waters here that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the physical water that this woman is referring to, but Jesus is talking about the water that he has to give. Okay, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come thither to draw, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come thither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, unto her, Thou hast well said, You have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not, has, is not uh, thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. Okay, so Jesus knew that she'd, been, been, she'd had five men in her lives. Okay? The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, now listen to this, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither worship in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit 
and in truth, in spirit and in truth. Amen. So we see here that in, 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 in the days of Jesus, there was this, this dispute, as I say, about the proper place to worship God. The Samaritan said that the proper place to worship God was on Mount Gerizim in Samaria. Okay, that's, right. that's what the woman was referring to. Okay, the Jews, the Jews, however, said that the proper place to worship God was on Mount Zion in the temple at Jerusalem. Okay, okay the Samaritan said Mount Gerizim. Okay, the Jews said, said Mount Zion in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, where was the right place? Okay, where was the right place? Jesus points out this argument that had had no practical relevance. It was a moot point. Where's the right place to worship? In Jesus' mind, and what Jesus is saying, it, it's a moot point. It, it, it has no meaning, has no bearing on anything or anything that's important. Okay, because true worship is not about our physical location. Mount Gerizim, Mount Zion, true worship is not about physical location. True worship is not about your church. True worship is not about how often, how frequently you tune into these uh, messages. Frequent worship is not the beauty of your church building, going and making sure that you're there. True worship is not about your physical location. It is about the dwelling place of God in our hearts and lives. That's where true worship is. So we need to stop going through the motions. We need to stop thinking that just because we're going to our church building every Sunday that my mother and my father and my grandmother and my great aunt Tilly and for generations of my family we've been going to, to quote-unquote worship every Sunday. It doesn't matter. True worship is not in the physical building. Okay? 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 The truest measure of our worship is not what happens on Sunday morning. The truest measure of our worship, saints of God, is shown at other times, other times during the week. We don't worship only on Sundays. True worship of God should be done other times of the week. In any single given moment, we could be worshiping. In any moment of our lives, saints of God, we could be worshiping. The question is not if we worship, but what we worship. Okay? The question is not if we worship, but what we worship, okay? Not just on Sundays in the building, but then when we do worship, is what we worship, is what we worship, all right? The gods, quote unquote, that we worship are shown through the way we invest our time, our money, and our passion for life. The gods with a little G that we worship are evident and they're shown by the way we invest our time and how we spend our money and how we invest our energies and our passions. If you spend, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 minutes with a person and talk with them a bit, you can tell a whole lot about the gods that they serve, quote unquote. All right? You can tell a lot. Talk to someone for a little bit. Talk to someone. Get to know them a little bit. And you can figure out the gods with a little G, the gods that they worship. Many of us worship our work. Others worship entertainment, the TV, going to the movies. Others, others work, uh, 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 worship sports, you know. You know, if you're, a sp you're an avid sports enthusiast, are you wind up worshiping the sports, worshiping sports? A few of us worship our possessions, the thing that, the things that we have. Come to my house and look at the nice things I have. Look at the electronics. You know, I'm an electronics, electronics nut. And if I wasn't careful, I'd wind up worshiping my electronics. Amen. Amen. But, but spend some time with a person. You can figure out with a little G the gods that people worship. Because these are the things that they spend time with. These are the things that are near and dear to them in their hearts. These are the things that they think about. These are the things that they even worry about. Okay. 
true worship? In what ways do you invest yourself? Amen. What ways do you invest yourself? Who or what is it that you serve with your life? Stop and ask yourself that. Have these objects, these things, these ideas, these concepts that you spend so much time thinking about preventing you from worshiping God? Have these things taken place in your heart where God should be, where Jesus Christ should be? Amen. Amen. Man, we got to stop going through the motions, saint of God. We got to stop going through the motions. We can't be calling ourselves Christians, children of the living God, if all we do is, is we live by emotions, by pretending and going through the things that we think are the right things to do. Okay? Worshiping in Mount Gerizim, worshiping in Mount Zion is not important. We need to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus was saying. And in order to do that, we have to stop going through the motions. Amen. Amen. And really start realizing what things are important to us. Amen. Worship is about what motivates us. Okay. What motivates you? It's about what motivates us. It goes back to our motivation. Who are we doing it for? Who are we worshiping for? Many of our expressions of worship come back to ourselves. If you stop and think about it. Many of our expressions of worship simply come back to ourselves. We see God, we see God in many times, we see God as a divine vending machine. Okay? When we worship God, stop and think about it. In our heart of hearts, you know, when we go before the Lord, we see God as a divine vending machine. machine. We think that if we put the right things in, that we'll get the right things out. Okay? All right? And that's how we can wind up just taking our quote-unquote Sunday worship experience and we just relegate, it, relegate that to simply going through the motions. Because we think that if we go to church regularly on Sunday, if we attend Bible study on Wednesday, or if we say hallelujah, praise the Lord, sister, praise the Lord, brother, when we get in church and we do all the church speak, we're doing all the right things, we're putting all the right things in, we're going to God, God the, divine vend, the divine vending machine, and we think we're going to get the right things back out. So what's our motivation for worshiping? Okay, what's our motivation? We think that if we pray the right prayers, that if we attend the right church and follow all the rules, then God will be good to us. Okay, I got to find the right prayer, the perfect prayer. Make sure I'm attending the right church. Okay, now I will say just as an aside on the right church, make sure you are attending the right church. Of course, that's, that's, a, that's a, a big, big part of it. You're going to be going someplace where God is not there, where the Holy Spirit is not there. Where you don't see evidence of the Holy Spirit in movement through the pastor's sermon or through the things that that church is doing. You don't see them following following Jesus Christ. And then that very well could not be the right church. I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't, don't poo-poo the importance of making sure you're in the right church. But when you're going to that church, so don't think that that is the answer to you worshiping. Okay? We got to stop going through the motions, though, of just going to that church, whether it's the right church or not. You just can't think that I've got the right church. That's great. That's all I need to do now is to just go to church because I'm going through the motions. I'll get, I'm doing the right thing in God's eyes, so now God's going to bless me because I'm doing that. But are you worshiping him? Are you worshiping him? Okay, okay. We think if we pray the right prayers, you know, that, that God will be good to us. We believe that by doing the right things, that he will give us full and happy lives. Okay, works. That's what that is. We don't live by works, by doing all of the things that we think God wants us to do. 
Amen. What's the motivation? Okay. Our worship must ultimately be motivated by our love for God. That's the bottom line. Our true worship of God must be motivated by our love for God. Jesus gave us the gift of salvation. That alone should be something that makes you really stand in awe before the Lord and just bow down before you and just raise your hands and praise him and magnify his name because, man, without, 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 without what Jesus did, all of this would be moot. Okay? There'd be no salvation. There'd be no reason for me to be standing here preaching this to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Our, our first should be motivated by our love, love for God. Jesus gave us the gift of salvation. We worship him not because of what we might get from him. We worship him because of what he gave us. Okay. Stop thinking about yourself. What am I going to get? Okay. Was that old little saying, you know, my name is Jimmy. Just gimme, gimme, gimme. Amen. 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 We can't be going by that. Okay. We need to be looking at, 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 at how much do we love Jesus? Why are we worshiping him? Do we realize what he did for us? Amen? 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 We need to stop thinking about what can I get, but what, but, but, but what he gave. In most churches, there is a time for the offering that is taken up. Most churches, there's a time where the offering is taken up. But all of, all of worship is actually an offering when you stop and think about it. All of worshiping God is an offering because it goes beyond just a monetary offering. Offering goes beyond the Sunday morning worship experience. Offering is offering your time to spend with God. Offering is offering your your body to, to put to, to the Lord's work. You know, your offering is offering your feet to put to the Lord's work in terms of where am I going to go? What can I do? Lord, because I love you, what can I do for you? Okay? All right? It goes beyond the, the, the Sunday morning worship. Offering in, in worship is wanting to be caught up in the presence of God. That's what worship is. Offering in worship. We want to be in his presence. Worship is just wanting to sit at Jesus' feet and to experience the holy moment to the point that you don't want to leave. Okay? That's what worship is. And all you want to do is just sit at the feet of Jesus and just adore him to the point that the moment that you're spending with God at that time, the moment is such a beautiful, wondrous experience that you don't want to leave. This is what worshiping is. Okay. And I'm not there because I want anything, Jesus. I'm not there because I want you to, to, to increase my finances. I'm not there be, there be because of this, that, and the other, because I want A, B, and C. I'm there because I simply want to be in your presence. I simply want to bask, bask in your glory. I simply want to be touched by you. This moment, this time that I have here is so wondrous, Lord, that I, I, I don't want to leave. This is what worship is. It's about your motivation and what you're feeling deep within your heart. Lord, you don't owe me anything. All I want to do is to be with you, is to be in your presence. It's when you can say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry when, 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 I, when I have just gone, been going through the motions. Lord, I'm sorry for just going through the motions, for not realizing and understanding that I need to be with you, that I just love you because of who you are and what you did on the cross for me. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry for just going through the motions. Welcome me back. Take me back because I want to be with you. Okay. Kind of the way the young man was in the prodigal son. After he had gone away and squandered, squandered his wealth, his inheritance and everything, he said, I just want to come back. I just want to come back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
if you strayed away, and I'm not saying that you, um, I'm not saying that you, you gave up on God or you, or you, you denounced Jesus Christ as Lord and say, I'm not saying that, saying that you're at that point. But if you are, I mean, there's a time to come back, of course. But I'm saying that even us in our day to day lives, we can just kind of drift away. And kind of drift away where our worship time is not as um, it's, it's not as meaningful as it should or could be, okay. And that if we love God, it's time to stop going through the motions. That's all I'm saying, okay. Because if you can bring yourself to stop going through the motions and really start start investing your your, your spirit, your energies in, into worshiping God, you'll see that those things that are in your life that are troubling you, you'll see that those things that are going around us in life that are troubling you, you'll see those things will disappear. They disappear. Okay, okay. Because once God engulfs you in his love and just draws you to him, once God just draws you to his bosom, his bosom, and just, and, and just embraces you, all of these things that you seem and feel are so important now or are so worrisome now will disappear. They'll disappear. They, 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 they'll go away. Okay. But we need to worship God in spirit and in truth, not by simply going through the motions. Amen. Amen. It's when you can say, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm back. Take me back to where we started. You know, most of us, when we were first born again, I know it was certainly, certainly happened with me when I first came to the Lord. I mean, it was such a wondrous experience. I mean, all I wanted to do was to spend every single time, every single moment with Jesus, you know, and and the, the, that first experience of being born again is such an uplifting experience. Like it's like, you know, it's a whole new day. The day is bright and light, you know, you see, see. Okay. And then after that, then things, things start happening. Jesus said you will have tribulations, but he's greater. Okay. And then the trials and the tribulations of life still pop up, but you have Jesus and you remember that you have Jesus. You have Holy Spirit. You have God the Father. And that those trials and tribulations, they will be done, dealt with. They'll be done away with because God will take you through them. Amen. Amen. But that first time, those first few hours, those first few days that you were first born again, stop and think back to those days. You remember how just free you felt. Okay. And then the issues of life do come on. Okay. But that born again experience, your coming to God, though, prepares you for those trials and those tribulations. Amen. Amen. So we don't, we don't regret what what happened after we were born again? Just remember how fulfilling those first days were when you were first born again. So you're kind of saying, Lord Jesus, take me back to those days. Let me remember the experience. Let me remember the feeling that I had back in those days. Let me reconnect with you. Lord, I want to stop going through the motions. I just want to worship you. Okay. I just want to worship you. You know, after you're born again, we just can't let ourselves get so caught up in the things of life that we're just running and running and doing this and doing that. You know, we think that by going through the motions, by reading a prayer in the morning, reading a prayer at night, going to church, that that's all that there is. What's the motivation deep in here? Do you want to be with the Lord? Do you want to love him simply because of the fact that he first loved you? He first loved you. The grace that we have is undeserved. There's nothing any of us could have ever done to bring us to the point where God would give us this grace. There's nothing that we could do at all. God's grace is exactly what it means. It's grace. It's free. It's free of charge because of the fact that he loved you. And all he's saying in, 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 uh, um, in, in return for that is to love him and to worship him. Of course, be obedient to his word. Amen. 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 So we need to stop going through the motions. Lord, I want to go back to where I was, to where, to how it was when I first, first met you. I want to fall in love with you again, if you've soured at all. If you, 
if you really in your heart of heart wants to rekindle that relationship, then stop going through the motions. It's time to move beyond going through the motions and live the great adventure of worshiping God. Amen. Your life can be a great adventure, saint. Your life doesn't have to be humdrum. Your life doesn't have to be bogged down with all sorts of fears and worries. You know, God wants you to live a, a wondrous, fruitful life. Okay. And if you so do, your, your motivation is to love God and to follow God. When the issues of life, the trials and tribulations come up, you'll be able to be strong and you will weather the storms that will come before you. And the Lord will bring you through indeed. But you need to stop going through the motions. Okay, you need to stop going through the motions. Give God the time. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Don't think about what is it, what, what mechanical things that I can do to make myself right with God. God knows your heart. He knows your heart. And if you're struggling, if you're struggling, after you've finished listening to this message, you just spend some time with the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here. I love you, Lord. All I want to do is know you. All I want to do is to be with you. All I want to do is to be in your presence, Lord, you know, and just 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 make up your mind that you're going to stop going through the motions and you're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, consider giving uh, the link to uh, someone that you know so that they, too, may be blessed and the Lord will speak to them in his own special way. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis 1, one word, dot sermon, dot net. And when you get there, if you look in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button, and that way you'll be notified uh, whenever there's a message, a new message that is available. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you were blessed, and let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And I pray that Holy Spirit will continue to minister to us, all of us, O oh Lord God, even after this message is over, O oh Lord God. Heavenly Father, it is our desire, O Lord God, that we do indeed stop going through the motions. Let us learn and let us be motivated by our love to you, Lord God, to come to you and to spend time with you, O Lord God. For we praise you, we magnify you, and we glorify thy most wondrous name. We thank you, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. Have a blessed day and rest of the week until we meet here again next time. And uh, um, I pray that uh, um, you always remember that uh, um, through Christ Jesus, you can do all things, okay? And the Lord is indeed your strength. And remember that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to you.